welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Summary. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. My name is Indigo. I'm one of the Somex crew who's doing a health tech podcast takeover this morning while James is rudely away having a lovely time snowboarding. This is going to be a throwback from episode 105 with Chris Colfield, registered nurse, union leader and co-founder of IntelliCare. They have built a solution to reduce the growing issue of staffing shortages and burnout experienced by nurses across the US and giving over 11,000 working nurses access to flexible working and a better work-life balance. In this clip, James and Chris dive into a topic that we've heard a lot of discussion about on the podcast, both from investors and budding entrepreneurs, and that is team building. What is it that creates a successful health tech team? Why is a team so important for a company in its early growth stages? And how did Chris, with a little humility, realise that bringing in other co-founders with a range of expertise beyond that of just clinical and technical come to build one of the fastest growing healthcare staffing companies in the US? Take a listen. We talk about this on this podcast so often, you know, the the views of outside industry or, or just studying something different or doing something different like data science or computer science or in this case IT as well as biotechnology and then going into the clinical world because if if you're not just from the clinical world you have an appreciation for a different way of thinking in order to solve different problems and you know I was trying to make notes furiously there because there's so much that that you mentioned that that I just want to highlight for for a lot of the listeners and you know people that are going into entrepreneurship or potentially are entrepreneurs and I think it seems that you you spoke the different languages, right? You spoke the language of hospital IT. You spoke the language of, you know, biotechnology, but also business in lean thinking. And obviously you spoke the language of, of clinical care, i.e. nursing. And so it gives you this kind of empathy for everybody's problems because you understand all of their different worlds. And so when it comes to creating a business it starts with truly understanding a problem and it seems like you know for what IntelliCare has gone and become it seems that in your initial grounding of of this business was in truly understanding the problem from all angles do you think that's fair i would say that's that's fair and and you know also i think that it's understanding different components that put the puzzle together, but also understanding that you're not the expert in all those different variables. Interesting. So yeah. when we, we, when we started in telecare, it was, it was two of us. It was me and the IT director of the hospital. And we, we tried to bootstrap the power our, couple to start a business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we, we started bootstrapping the company, you no, know, no funding. And, and we were going around for, for about a year and we were relatively successful, but we really didn't hit that point where we really started to see true growth until we brought on additional founders. So we brought on some additional founders that had expertise in the business side, that had expertise in the sales side, that really could make the team well-rounded. Because, you know, if you go on yourself and you try to take it on, you, you just, you can't do it because it's it's too much. 
you don't really have the, the expertise or the time to learn all the different expertise yourself. So you have to bring on other folks that are really innovative, that really have drive, that can really fall behind the passion that, that you first initially had. And that's when you really start seeing success. And that's what worked for us. Interesting. How did you find them? How did you select them? Yeah, it was really connections within our own network. So, so my co-founder, Aikna, he's the, the IT guy I'm talking about. He's our CTO right now. We brought in his brother. He was actually uh, Prince Knight. He was running a, a hospital out there in California and he came back to Massachusetts. So he had, he had the business side and also he was, he was really good at, at business development and sales. So he brought that side on. He actually kind of side sidestepped our business. We were focusing on home care. It wasn't working as well with our on-demand technology. And he really connected us with this local facilities that really needed our service. So we kind of altered our path. So he came on uh, through obviously a connection, blood connection brother. And we also brought David Coppins on and he was our advisor from the start, but he, he was uh, an experienced healthcare executive CEO. He was actually the, the president of Virgin Pulse, which is a successful company in Massachusetts. So he came on and he really brought that leadership you know, helped us really define our, our market niche and get our structure and strategy down and, and helped us raise funds as well as running the business as well. So it, it was the perfect combination that really had us kick us off to success. Yeah, I think it's really important to have that humility as a founder, because I think often if people are going to start businesses, be those in health tech or indeed any other industry, I think that there is often a feeling that, you know, you want it to be your own and, you know, you'd rather employ people rather than give away equity. And that can be a point of friction. But it seems that you had a big vision from day one, you know, that you wanted to build something for the long term, not to make a quick buck. And actually, in order to do that, you became comfortable with, you know, giving equity and bringing other founders in, which has evidently been the right strategy, it seems. Yeah, that's my number one recommendation for, for young entrepreneurs that are looking to be successful is, is you can't keep a company yourself and expect to really grow and be successful. You have to bring on other co-founders. You have to be willing to give up equity because it's just so difficult to continue working 100 hours a week and think that you're really going to be productive. You need a team, a good team of at least four or five that are all putting in the hours to really to break over to the next level. And I think that's it, putting in the hours, because that's what equity is going to do. I think if you're, if you're paying salary, there's only so much people are going to do, obviously. And I think when people have that ownership over the entity, they're obviously going to go the extra mile because it, it sort of belongs to them as much as it belongs to you. And I think, you know, it's that, that old adage, isn't it? It's not the size of the, what is it? Not the size of the, of the slice or the pie, something to do with slices and pies. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Equity amongst your, your first employees and continue when you grow to, to give equity to the, the vast majority of your company that those folks that are really going to succeed and really put their, their heart and soul in it is, is so important. Definitely. So you've got this awesome team that you've put together or putting together. You found a problem, but it sounds like you were, you know, poking around for product market fit and pivoting as and when. The the problem that you ended up solving is obviously it's obviously a, hu a huge problem, um, you know, with nurses becoming stuck after shifts and, and all this, which actually, you know, when I spoke to you when I was writing the Forbes article on your raise, your Series B raise, it was a problem that actually I had been fortunate never to experience here in the UK. You know, the notion that an, if a nurse doesn't 
come to the hospital to relieve another nurse, they have to stay or indeed whatever clinical area it is that you're talking about that they end up, you know, having to stay. And I think, you know, thinking back to when I was on, you know, ICU and, and, you know, working as a doctor there, you know, the thought of that actually happening to those, to those nurses and they just have to stay, it just seems, it seems very alien to me. And so actually I think for, for our, for our listeners around the world, it'd be good for you to just kind of explain exactly what that problem is and how it comes about. And then we can kick off into in telecare and talk about how you actually went and solved it. Sure. I, let me give you a background of kind of the nurses that we're working with and the facilities that we're working with. So I know that you mentioned the, the ICU and the ICU is kind of a one-to-one relationship, uh, a low nurse to patient ratio. Hospitals in general, they have a big staff to support themselves. And they have a lot of nurses that they can flex and float between different units if there's somebody that calls out. So that, that type of staffing at, at facilities in hospitals, particularly in the U.S. and I know around the world, really is concentrated on travel nurses. So nurses come in for 12 weeks because the, the complexities of getting a nurse for the last minute aren't as urgent as the facilities that we're dealing with. So what we found is the, the facilities that really need this on-demand type of nursing and coverage are those smaller facilities, and particularly in the U.S., it's the long-term care skilled nursing facilities, and there's, there's 15,000 of them, so there's a lot of these facilities out there, and also the, the other long-term care, like assisted living. So these nurses are taking care of, of 20 patients at a time, and at nighttime, it goes higher than that, can go to 40 and 50. So it's a high nurse-to-patient ratio, and they don't really have the HR resources and the amount of nurses within their facility to flex and to float. If you're there, you're, you're taking care of your patients from a three to 11 shift and the nighttime nurse doesn't show up. That nighttime nurse is actually covering the whole facility. So it's either you leave and you leave your patients, basically abandon your patients, which is unfortunate, which is really what my struggle was as the union leader to really protect these nurses work both sides, but they really don't have an option. So, you know, although I suppose because the, the units are so isolated by definition, which is why they're difficult to staff in the first place. And so it, it, it becomes a, a, a moral dilemma, I suppose, for those, for those nurses that, that, are, that were supposed to have been relieved. It does. The moral dilemma is really what also brings on additional stress. So you, you're working with a lot of patients, you have a lot of need, and say, say we're not talking about somebody being stuck, but say it's, it's a daytime shift and you're just short-staffed. It's the same way. How am I going to treat the patient and help the patients that I need and give them the appropriate time? But there's really not the appropriate time because I'm doing double the work because there's not the resources to really backfill. So that's really on the facility side. So we're focused on those, those smaller facilities. Usually they're, they're 100 bed facilities, but they have half the professional nursing staff that a hospital would have. So in these facilities, the, the nursing turnover is sometimes it's on average greater than 50% a year. The double shifts that, that people are forced to do, there's been studies that show it's, it's two and a half times more likely for a nurse to get burnt out once they're doing double shifts. And the burned out nurses are five times more likely to leave necessary care unfinished. So it's really a, a chain reaction that causes more burnout, more turnover. And all you really need to do is provide appropriate staff for the, that last minute call out and you get 
The facility's own internal staff is going to be less burnout and they're going to turn over less. They're going to eventually need less staff because they're, they're retraining their own people. And, you know, from the nursing side, the solution that we, we offer really brings a lot of nurses off of the sidelines because the, the work-life balance that they're experiencing, that they have to deal with their family commitments, babysitting schools, caretaker of their family, they can't really commit to the full-time job that is Monday through Thursday, then a rotating weekend schedule of Saturday and Sunday. And that's how it is. It's, it's every other week you're rotating on the weekend and the, the schedule is very defined from, you know, seven to three or seven to seven. So what we kind of offer for those nurses is the flexibility that you can pick up a shift that really works around your family schedule. And it's really brought a lot of nurses that were not working or working minimal hours to pick up additional shifts. So it's, it's helping the, the nursing burnout and nursing shortage and a multitude of factors. It's, it's pretty exciting. So there we go. I think some really interesting points from that clip. For any health tech entrepreneurs that might be listening who are at the very start of your journey, about having the humility to see the strengths and weaknesses of your founding team, look at where you are and where you want to be and how you can bring in expertise with a real understanding of what the problem is that you are trying to solve what Chris and the team are doing at IntelliCare to bridge the gap in nursing shortages is really amazing. And if you want to go back and listen to the full conversation, it's episode 105. So thank you for listening. Stay tuned for next week when James will be back from his jollies and speaking to more health tech entrepreneurs. Hey everyone, thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.